Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 you know the first night this hurricane hit landfall i spent virtually an hour the first hour of the program talking about what a fantastic people we are we come to each other's rescue and aid we don't think about race certainly not then the diversity of backgrounds, it doesn't matter. We're red-blooded Americans. The linemen, the police, the firefighters, the emergency personnel, the volunteers. Doing everything they can, neighbor to neighbor, to help one another and to save one another. But that's not the way the radical left thinks. Have you been watching television lately? When you watch the putrid yentas on The View, it's all about politics all the time. You want to know why? They're very stupid people who never get dirt under their fingernails. They don't care about the working people in this country. They don't care about the middle class, lower middle class, really the poor. I don't care what their backgrounds are. I see them now. And they're illustrative of so many on the left. They pretend to be for the people and they hate the people. They hate the people. Have you seen all the white supremacists, Mr. Producer, working the electrical lines to try and get them working again? Have you seen them, ladies and gentlemen? And by white supremacists, I don't just mean white people. I mean Americans who make this country work of all backgrounds creeds, colors, ethnicities, and the rest. The white supremacists, you know, who make the country work. You've seen them all 
all the white supremacist police and firefighters and emergency personnel. Again, regardless of race, these are men and women who are patriots, who love their country and their fellow man. I wonder how many law professors and college and university professors are out there trying to improve the situation for the people. I really do. Probably none. Maybe a couple. Well, Kamala Harris, she's at the Democrat National Committee Women's Leadership Forum on Friday. And she hasn't lifted a finger to help the people on the border. She hasn't lifted a finger to help the finger to help the people who've dealt with this hurricane. Kamala Harris is always about Kamala Harris, like so many on the left. And she had something very, very important to say. People are trying to walk it back because of the pushback from the American people. But I want you to hear this, America. This is what she had to say on Friday. Hat tip the blaze. Cut to go. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And I so we... Absolutely. So let's, hold on. Let's, let, let's hold on a second. So... Asked about the hurricane, it's the lowest income communities in our communities of color mostly impacted, and women, says actress Priyanka Chopra Jonas. I don't know who that is. Why do I care? And women. I see, that's very interesting. So Mother Nature goes after mothers and women. Now before we go on with this idiocy, this insanity... I don't understand the name Democrat National Committee Women's Leadership Forum. Have we not concluded now that there's no such thing as women? Have we not concluded now that all we're talking about here is birthing women or formerly birthing people? Birthing people. Well, what's with the Democrat Party? On the one hand, they embrace women. On the other hand, they pretend that there aren't women. They can't define women because they're insane. Go ahead. We have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. I see. And is that what we should do when people need help? Take into consideration economic disparities, take into consideration race. Now, if you're a rational human being and you're listening to this, what are you to make of it? What are you to make of this? Honestly, if you're a white person who's lost everything in Florida, what are you to make of the vice president's comments? If you're a black person, 
working in a police force or firefighters or emergency personnel or the or a lineman. What do you make of this when you hear the vice president say, oh, I'm sorry, you need to go into other communities, not this community. And how exactly are we supposed to do this? When people are in need. Kamala Harris is a racist. That's what she is. And racism and the so-called progressive movement and the progressive era go hand in hand. Oh, yes, they do. Hand in hand. The early so-called self-identified progressives, that is Marxists, were racists. Their presidents were racists. Their party was and is racist. Their media are racist. Whether it's trashing black people, whether it's trashing white people, whether it's trashing Asian people, whatever it is. Because that's the mentality they have. You're not an individual human being with individual worth. You're part of a group. So you can be managed and manipulated. And this is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. It leads to to a mentality like Kamala Harris has and actress Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Hurricane and disaster relief should be based on equity, on race, on groupthink, not on the individual needs of a human being. Individual human beings suffer. They have pain. They have heartache. They have stress. Individual babies, especially even those who are not born yet, they have pain. They can suffer. The inhumanity, the dehumanizing of the left has done grave damage to the psyche of the American people and to our country. When you can get up there and say, oh, yes, yes, uh, hurricanes and disaster relief, yes, uh, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity. Everybody stands out, starts out at a, at a you know, at a different place, and we want people to be equal in the place. And so, yes, you know, disaster relief. Not even communist regimes conduct themselves this way. But the progressive movement, so-called, does. It does. So if you need help, according to Kamala Harris, it should depend on your skin pigmentation. And then a determination will be made whether you should get help or not. Well, the FEMA administrator, Deanne Criswell, doesn't think this way. She has a job to do. She has a job to do. And that's to save people's lives and help people who've lost everything. And she's asked about this on Deface the Nation. Cut three, go. But just to be clear here, um, the senator said the vice president's comments were about if you have a different skin color, you're going to get relief. How do you respond to that? 
Yeah, again, Margaret, our programs support everybody. Um, I would say I believe some of the things the vice president was talking about are the long-term um, recovery and, and um, rebuilding these communities to be able to withstand uh, disasters um, so they can have less impact. We're going to support all communities. I committed that to the governor. The Margaret Brennan, it wasn't enough. Margaret Brennan is a propagandist for the Democrat Party, as are most in the media. And here she is duking it out with Rick Scott, senator from Florida, cut for a go. Last night at his rally, Georgia Congresswoman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene made a false claim that Democrats want Republicans dead and they have, quote, already started the killings. Given the level of security threat right now, would you rebuke those comments? Well, I think what we got to do is we got to bring everybody together. I'd also say that what Vice President Harris said yesterday that our day before yesterday that, you know, if, if you have a different skin color, you're going to get relief faster. That's not what the, that does, that's that's not not what the vice either. president so said. So I think what we've got to do. That's not what the vice president said. She talked about yeah, equity exactly and the problem within FEMA. But I'm specifically asking you about Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and no, 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 President wait, no, Trump. Wait, wait, wait. Margaret, Margaret, let's make sure. FEMA has to be colorblind. Mm-hmm. FEMA has to provide support to everybody. And uh, Margaret Brennan, how come you don't ask people about the things that Talib says about Jews? And she says it now every day. How come you don't ask Democrats about that? And why are you lying about what Kamala Harris said? We all heard what she said. We all heard what she said. So why are you lying about that? And why do you care? Why do you care what, uh, what's her name, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene said when you don't condemn Joe Biden for saying even worse? Why is that? I thought Rick Scott's answer was perfect. Absolutely perfect. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Well, there you see how the media treat Kamala Harris. They pretend what she said isn't what she said, which was racist, what she said. And a complete lack of compassion for the people of Florida of all backgrounds. But now watch how CNN tries to 
damage Ron DeSantis, who's really been fantastic. Fantastic in dealing with this horrific disaster. Nadia Romero is the CNN phony journalist. Cut one, go. Why do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm? Well, did you, where was your industry stationed uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. So that's, you know, they were following the weather track and um, they had to make decisions based on that. But, you know, 72 hours, they weren't even in the cone. 48 hours, they were on the periphery. Uh, so you got to make the decisions the best you can. I will say, uh, you know, they delivered the message to people. They had shelters open. Uh, you know, everybody had adequate opportunity to at least get to a shelter within the county. Um, but, you know, a lot of the residents did not, um, they not want to do that i think for probably for various reasons some people just don't want to leave their home period their island people whatever but i think part of it was so much attention was paid to tampa that i think a lot of them probably thought that they wouldn't get the worst of it so you know they um but they did and, and i think it's um, it's easy to second guess them but they were ready for the whole time and um and, and made that call when when there was justifiable to do so let's look let's see if we can find something anything let's let's work on it oh geez Former federal appellate judge Lawrence Silberman has died at the age of 86. This guy, Silberman, was a, uh, was, was, was a giant. An absolute giant as a judge, an absolute giant as a person. Uh, Lawrence Silberman, most of you haven't heard of him, but truly a, uh, a fantastic judge, fantastic legal scholar, fantastic constitutionalist. These are Reaganites. And the Reaganites, unfortunately, are dying off. And uh, <clears throat> he worked a period of time at the Department of Justice as well. I believe he was Deputy Attorney General for a period. Previous administration. So we're losing giants now. And he was certainly one of them. Um, as for Ron DeSantis, every state can only wish for a governor as good and solid and competent as he is and believes in the founding as he does. And so he puts CNN in its place. There, a, a governor is looking at the best information he is getting from the various experts, meteorologists like the rest of us. And so are the people in Lee County. And the storm made a sudden southern move. We talked about this when it was happening. And so they had to retrace uh, the, uh, the support. And they did it very, very quickly. And still, some people didn't want to leave. I'll be right back. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, 
and Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. I want to give a uh, little context to things, as I always try to do. They attack DeSantis, as they do anybody who disagrees with them, for degrading so-called climate change for degrading uh, so-called climate change. They do it at The View. They do it at these other places saying, see, see, Florida got slammed now, and this guy's opposed to climate change. You need to understand, and you do, that this country has so-called elites, self-appointed as such, who try to lead the national debate They say pretty much the same thing, and they're usually vapid and prejudiced. And I don't mean just prejudiced in terms of race, but in terms of their ideology. You know, you and I support a philosophy that promotes competition of ideas, that promotes free speech and freedom. In other words, that promotes whoever wants to get involved in the battle of ideas, entrepreneurs, whatever it is. They don't. Now follow me on this because you're the smartest audience of all audiences. These Marxists, they're so-called progressives. And for purposes of now, I'll call them what they want to be called. These progressives. They believe that there needs to be an extremely limited group of relatively self-appointed Highly educated, not necessarily intelligent, highly educated, relative handful of people who rejigger society, who determine what's best for the country. Now, they use the language of the Marxists about for the people, the people need to participate and all the rest of it. But it's the people they fear and the people they want to control. Look at Cuba. Look at communist China. Look at any communist regime now or in the past. They believe that they can control society, control the culture. They just need the power to do it. The Constitution is the greatest, the greatest impediment that I'm using and getting this power. So they attack it. But listen to their policy arguments. Climate change. Biden. I've spent hundreds of billions of dollars for clean energy to change the climate. John Kerry. Worldwide. A worldwide tour. Proselytizing to prevent climate change. The Democrat Party. The media. Climate change. They reject the Declaration of Independence that talks about 
natural law. The laws of nature. In other words, God. God. So they substitute their ideology for God, and they believe they have the powers to change things beyond the power of human beings to do so. And they claim that all they need is more money, more spending, more debt, more centralization of decision-making by the know-it-alls, who are the know-nothings, bigger bureaucracies, more departments, more programs, redistribution of wealth, more taxes. And anyone who gets in their way is a racist, is a climate denier, is a flat earther. In other words, they're under attack. Their intelligence and their character are under attack. This entire climate change ideology is part and parcel of the same thing. We can't change the climate. We can make the air cleaner and the water cleaner. We cannot change the climate. We're mere mortals. That's all we are. No better, no worse. We are mere mortals. We can't positively change the climate, whatever that means, and we can't negatively change the climate, whatever that means. We don't have the intelligence, the power to do any of it. Any of it. This is the same party, the Democrat Party, and the same ideology that supported eugenics and now supports abortion on demand. Now, some suckers believe that that has to do with a woman's right to choose. No. There's a reason why 79% of Planned Parenthood's offices are in minority neighborhoods. There's a reason why most of the people protesting the Dobbs decision aren't minorities. Just want you to think about this. It's a strange obsession, this abortion issue, particularly when they're promoting abortion on demand, partial birth abortion, that is really effectively infanticide. What's that all about? It's about controlling nature. Not God. Not nature being what nature is. And if you can control nature, if you can control the climate, then by God, you can control the people. You can control the people. And things like the Bill of Rights, federalism, they get in the way of this. Like free speech on the internet, free speech period, they get in the way of this like truly free elections as opposed to fixed outcomes that the Democrats keep pushing. The desire twice now in less than a century to pack the Supreme Court, to threaten the independence of the judicial system. If you don't control it, if you do, you support judicial tyranny. To support elections, you win. And to try and undermine elections, you lose like the war on Donald Trump. 
as there will be a war on Republicans forevermore. If you can't get the citizenry to go along, you change the citizenry. Open borders. Things of this nature. And so this whole thing about climate change, hurricanes, when they come out and say, see, there's a hurricane climate change. See, it's bad. This is a bad hurricane. It would be less bad, but for climate change. And you got to vote for us. You got to give us the money. You got to give us the power. You got to stop driving with gasoline powered combustion engines. Maybe you need smaller homes, less cars. Now, no gasoline cars. We're just going to do electricity. And then eventually it'll be determined we can't use electricity because the backup is fossil fuels. So you're going to have to take public transportation and you're going to have to live in more and more dense areas. And you're going to have to get special approval if you want a home that has more than 1,500 square feet. And then, of course, we want to control, as the Democrats tried with eugenics 100 years ago, population. You think I'm crazy? I'm telling you. This is the future. I know what I'm talking about. And it'll be done in bits and pieces. At times it'll speed up. At times it'll slow down. But that's, that's the path. That's the trajectory. That all you have to do is continue to centralize, continue to scheme around the Constitution. You have more and more people coming out openly, professors, commentators on cable TV, others, about trashing the Constitution. It's too old. It's not flexible enough for modern times, even though we activists try to make it as flexible as possible through judicial rulings. It's not good enough because we can't get done what we need to get done. The Senate's too slow. We got to get rid of the filibuster. It's too slow. We can't limit who votes. We can't limit who votes. We can't worry about voter ID. We can't worry about illegal immigrants voting. And that's funny how they say as a footnote, prove to us that that happens. Now, they want no protections in place to prevent it And then you and I are required to prove that it happens. Isn't that absurd? So there should be no protections in place because it'll never happen? In other words, people who come here illegally would never even think about illegally voting, now would they? They just came here illegally. But they'd never think about illegally voting, would they? Anyway... Just food for thought. Food for a lot of thought. I'll be right back. Mark in. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America. 
by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Joe Biden, outside the White House today. This guy's a real head case. Cut six, Mr. Producer, go. And so I, uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasure, since you're part of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals and Delaware as well, and I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. I spent a lot of time in the northern part of the state. What the hell is he talking about? There's a lot of Puerto Ricans in the northern part of Delaware. Delaware is a tiny state with a tiny population. I didn't know there were a lot of Puerto Ricans in Delaware. But apparently in the northern part of the state. And this was his home politically. I was sort of raised in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. You notice it's always about him. You notice that? It's always about him. He's a sick SOB. He's always been a sick SOB, may I say. And why is he heading to Puerto Rico? I mean, they had a hurricane there, what, two weeks ago? Cut five, go. Head to Puerto Rico because they haven't been taken very good care of. They've been trying like hell to catch up from the last hurricane. I want to see the state of affairs today and make sure we fix anything we can. Now, you're heading to Puerto Rico because, among other things, I mentioned last week that you hadn't been to Puerto Rico. You guys are monitoring this show because of its size. I know what's going on. I remember when I saw him on that Acela train. Remember I told you, Mr. Producer? He knew exactly who I was. He knew exactly what I'd been saying about him. He called me a smart ass for saying the things that I say about him. And there they are. He's going to Puerto Rico because he wants to go to Florida. And he hadn't been to Puerto Rico, and they suffered a bad hurricane. And God knows how many resources have been poured in Puerto Rico. Their government is corrupt. Their politicians are corrupt. Billions of dollars have been poured in there. They don't have to run their electrical utilities, and by they, I mean the people who run the place. Terrible. Terrible. So it's not about not trying. It's about the mess that is the government in Puerto Rico. That's a fact. But he's going there, he says, because he's concerned. He wants to see the state of affairs today, make sure we push everything we can. Now, notice he hasn't been to the southern border. The southern border is a disastrous mess. He doesn't care about making sure we do everything we can there. How come that is? Why? Well, this will give you a tiny bit of insight. Cut seven, go. That Hispanic history is American history. It's American history. I guess he didn't bring his wife to talk about Hispanic tacos, did he, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Back to they saying that y'all were here before we were. 
Y'all were here before we were. Is that how Hispanics speak? Y'all were here before we were? Is he confusing Hispanics with Native Americans, Mr. Producer? Now, just so you folks know, those of you who have American Marxism, you know this. Those of you who have listened to this program over the years, you know this. This is called Latcrit. There's critical race theory. But there's also Latcrit, which is Latino critical race theory. Everybody has critical race theory. And anyone who disagrees with it is obviously a Klansman or neo-Nazi whitey, even if they're not white. So this is Latcrit, and the way Latcrit goes is there can't be illegal aliens coming into this country from Central and South America because United Statesians, that would be white Europeans who came into this country, they are the illegal aliens. They are the illegal aliens who chase the, the original people out of the country. And that would be the basic core theory of Latcrit that's being taught now. So this is why you see the borders wide open. If you believe that, and it's not that he believes it, it's that he promotes it. Then you don't believe in securing the border. You don't care. Now, Joe Biden started out as a racist in the Senate, and he's a racist now. The actual definition and understanding of racism, ladies and gentlemen, is to be bigoted or prejudiced against a certain people or peoples. Based not on their content, not on their character, but on their physical looks and other things. And that's what he is. He led the cause up there in Delaware against integration. He embraced and worked with racists and segregationists. Led the charge against the integration of public schools. And today, he just uses every opportunity to trash the broader population of the United States. This is a punk politician, a loathsome punk politician. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. In hour three, we're going to have our buddy Stephen A. Smith on the program. He's a good man. And very compelling. Very intriguing. I told you in the first hour the death of a man named Lawrence Silberman. S-I-L-B-E-R-M-A-N, at the age of 86. 
And I think the uh, Wall Street Journal editorial has it about right. The most famous judges in American history are those who make it to the Supreme Court. But that doesn't mean they are the most consequential. One of the latter is Judge Lawrence Silberman, who died Sunday a few days short of his 87th birthday. Judge Silberman had one of the great careers in the law and public service. Appointed by Ronald Reagan, he spent some 36 years on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, hearing cases even after taking senior status and up to the time of his sudden illness. His most consequential opinions include Parker v. D.C. in 2009, which found that the Second Amendment... The Second Amendment was an individual right to bear arms and not merely for a militia. Silberman's opinion examined the history of gun practices and common law and the American founding, which served as the basis for Justice Antonin Scalia's opinion in the landmark ruling D.C. <laughs> D.C. versus Heller in 2008. It was also ahead of his time in 1988, when he held that the independent counsel statute violated the Constitution's appointments clause, the Supreme Court ruled the other way in the dreadful Morrison versus Olson decision, but Judge Silberman's view was echoed in Scalia's famous Morrison dissent that would surely prevail with today's justices if the counsel statute hadn't lapsed after Ken Starr's investigation of Bill Clinton. And of course, we just lost Ken Starr. Judge Silberman believed in judicial restraint, a philosophy he had absorbed at Harvard Law School in the 50s, when many Democrats and Republicans subscribed to it. He lamented a recent years that every Democratic judge has abandoned that view in favor of activist judging, while some libertarian GOP judges have done the same. An example of restraint that went against his policy preferences was the Obamacare case in 2011. His appellate opinion found against the constitutional challenge to the law under the Commerce Clause, citing the Supreme Court precedent of Wickard versus Filburn. He disliked Obamacare's policy, but felt obliged to follow precedent as a lower court judge. Silverman also wielded significant influence as a public official and legal mentor. His roles included Labor Department solicitor and Deputy Attorney General in the 1970s, Ambassador to Yugoslavia, member of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Courts Review Panel, and co-chair of the Rob Silberman Commission on Intelligence leading to the Iraq War. With former Senator Chuck Robb, the Rob Silberman Commission made a historic contribution by identifying major intelligence failures but putting to rest the partisan claims that intelligence had been deliberately skewed to support the 2003 invasion. The judge considered it his most important act of public service. Congress asked him to testify as Deputy Attorney General in the confidential files of the late FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, which he was obliged to read. He wrote in our pages in 2005 that reading the files was the single worst experience of my long government service. He vowed to take the secrets he learned about political figures to his grave. And so he has. Silverman's influence has also felt far and wide in the vast networks of clerks and associates who populate the federal judiciary and government. His former clerks include Justice Amy Coney Barrett, the leading appellate litigator Paul Clement, and countless others. 
his behind-the-scenes counsel will be missed, not least by some of the current Supreme Court justices. But his legacy as a model judge and public service will live on. So we lost Ken Starr a few weeks ago, one of the great Reaganites. And we lost Lawrence Silberman yesterday, one of the great Reaganites. And for many of you who are unfamiliar with him, as I say, you, one of your Bill of Rights rights, including the Second Amendment to right to bear arms, it was his decision in the D.C. Circuit that had a great influence on the Supreme Court and resulted in the Heller decision. He's a man of principle, whether you agree with him or not. And that's the kind of person you want on the court. Not a Judge Jackson in D.C. who, who bends to the Obama-Biden crowd, who has abused her power, in my view, as applies to Paul Manafort and Roger Stone. And has done other things that are, really, <laughs> in my view, in terms of her rulings, that are reprehensible. There's a piece in the Washington Compost called Apocalypse Now, Democrats Embrace a Dark Midterm Message. Democrat Max Frost, running for U.S. Congress in Florida, said Republicans like Ron DeSantis are trying to build right-wing fascist power. Representative Pat Ryan, a New York Democrat, says America faces a coordinated domestic attempt to undermine our Constitution. And Representative Chris Pappas, a New Hampshire Democrat seeking re-election in a swing district, paints an Orwellian America if his Republican opponent gets her way on abortion. It wouldn't be a woman's choice, it would be the government's choice, he says. With a tough midterm election about six weeks away, many Democrats have largely settled on a campaign message. And it's not one that simply emphasizes their accomplishments. No, they'd never do that. It amounts to a stark warning. If Republicans take power, they will establish a dystopia that cripples democracy and eviscerates abortion rights and other freedoms. Isn't it amazing how they accuse other people of what they do? When you are the in-party in the midterms, like the Democrats are now, the wind is blowing against you. You have to ride every advantageous breeze you can find, said former Congressman Steve Israel. And the Democrats have found those breezes in the Dobbs decision and in Donald Trump. So let's stop there. For the vast majority of you listening to this program, and the vast majority of you people you know, Does the Dobbs decision play any role in your daily life? No. How about their constant war and attacks on Donald Trump? Is that going to distract you? It's funny what they cannot run on. They cannot run on the things that matter in your lives. Because they have failed. They've destroyed our energy. They've destroyed our currency, your pensions, your salaries. They've destroyed our border. They're close to destroying our voting system. They're trying to destroy the 
Constitution? For months, leading Democrats, starting with Biden, signaled that they would campaign on having helped Americans. From fixing bridges to cutting drug prices, Biden suggested attacking Republicans too harshly would divide the country and alienate potential supporters. But with Trump's reemergence, you see, the proliferation of Republican nominees who reject fair elections, and the Supreme Court's overturning abortion rights, the calculus has starkly changed. Biden now all but admits his initial approach no longer works. <clears throat> so go to war, you see. Go to war for partial birth, late-term abortion. Go to war against the Supreme Court of the United States. And, of course, the Democrats always believed in fair elections, didn't they? That's why they created the Russia collusion issue. Right, Washington Post? I remember I got beat up in the campaign by saying that I wanted to unify the country and unify the parties, Biden recently told the Democrats. Used to be able to do that, but things have changed a whole bunch. That's because Biden is quite the lowlife, in my humble opinion, and I say that with all due respect. Republicans have adopted their own apocalyptic rhetoric, warning that Biden and the Democrats are taking the country down the path of soaring crime. Gee, what's the evidence show? Raging inflation and uncontrolled immigration. Gee, if it's, apoc- if it's apocalyptic, it's apocalyptic because it's happening under their policies, moron. That has created a midterm arena marked by dueling dystopias. It's the parties vie to outdo each other in describing the hellscape that lies ahead if the other side wins. But while Republican rhetoric in many ways amounts to a routine political attack, they're not routine political attacks, they're the truth. You know, it's possible that one party speaking the truth and the other is filled with liars. The Democrats' message reflects the reality that many in the GOP are openly embracing anti-democratic principles. Listen to this. An end to abortion rights, even as some scramble to distance themselves from some positions. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, the reason the Democrats are telling filthy, loathsome, poisonous lies, it's because of the Republicans. That's the position of the Washington Post. But for the Republicans talking about inflation, but for the Republicans talking about gas and food prices, but for the Republicans talking about anarchy on the southern border, painting such a dark picture of crime in the streets, murder, rape, mayhem, the Democrats wouldn't have to lie like the bastards that they are. I'll be right back. Mud Lovin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one. Switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. 
Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. I think I owe you one, no, Mr. Producer? All right. If you're sure, I'm sure. Latino voters on MSNBC. Now, I was shocked, not at what the Latino voter said, but that, that it's on MSNBC, I must say. I want you to listen to this because, you know, people don't like crime. They just don't. And people do not like being told against their faith, science, and their own knowledge and experience. The boys can be girls and girls can be boys. People don't like their kids proselytized by perverts, pushing perversion on their children. And they don't like the pushing of racism on their children. They want their children to succeed. Let's listen to this. Jose Diaz Ballard. I think he was a congressman. Cut 11, go. She wants the party to take stronger action on issues like abortion and voting rights. But our poll found that the top issues for Latinos was actually the cost of living. We see that prices are through the roof, and we want to know what people are going to do to help put that burden down. In conservative stronghold states like Texas, signs of a political shift among Latino voters, with more now leaning Republican. Jose Arriola and Maria Batres live in El Paso. Maria. You were a Democrat, and you are now a Republican. Why? Because uh, the fact that the Democratic Party has changed a lot, and I identif- identify more with the uh, Republican Party. What things? Well, we're for God, country, family, and hard work. Jose used to vote blue, too. Now he's also a Republican, and most concerned with immigration and beefing up border security. What are the concerns that you have about immigration? The fact of the matter is that we, you know, we don't feel safe anymore. We don't feel safe anymore. Cut 12, go. When you go to vote in November, mm-hmm. are you going to be a doubtful voter? I am a, I'm a doubtful voter now. As I got older and, and smarter, I said, hey, this, this guy doesn't work for me. That's now backed up by a new NBC News Telemundo nationwide survey of Latino voters showing support for a Republican-controlled Congress jumped five points in just the past two years. We're not just going to blindly vote in one particular direction. We're going to vote in the direction of folks who are going to be paying attention to the issues that are important to us. Marisa Morentin lives in Phoenix, Arizona. How is it that you feel as a voter here? Uh, taken advantage of. It's a state that had been reliably Republican, but has now turned into a swing state. In 2020, it went for President Biden. Marisa voted Democrat back then, but now says she's not so sure. I feel like the Democratic National Party looks at my demographics and assumes that I'm going to vote for them. I'm a Latina woman that historically has been the party's bread and butter. You see, ladies and gentlemen, two things. Number one, people are people. 
They don't like being stereotyped. They don't like being abused in the streets. These radical ideologues on the left are not about people. They're about ideology and they're about government. And so rising prices of fuel and food, crime, open borders, just because somebody's Latino doesn't mean that they support everybody coming across the border. They don't know who's coming across the border any more than any people do. If we had an open border and there were millions of white people coming across the border, wouldn't white people be concerned? Like, where the hell are they coming from? What are their backgrounds? When you're brutalized as a human being, you don't much care about race at that point, do you? But you can also see this in the public services, the schools, police, they're overwhelmed. Hospitals are overwhelmed. So this is beginning to backfire on the Democrats. It's beginning to backfire on the Democrats. And I would argue this. I'll take it a step further. If Republicans stick to their principles, and they don't become ambiguous Democrats, you will find that one day, the Latino vote, the Hispanic vote, will be more Republican than Democrat. More Republican than Democrat. I believe that's true. It may take a little while, but it's going to happen. Because you can't continue to do this to a society and expect to get away with it. People say to me, why do the Democrats want to destroy our cities? Why do they support criminals? Why do they support policies that are tearing down the middle class? I said, then you don't understand Democrats. The Democrat Party today is an organization filled with Marxist forces of one kind or another. Doesn't mean the rank and file get it, but certainly the leadership does. You must destroy the society in order to rebuild it. That's what critical race theory is all about. That's what Latcrit's all about. That's what destroying the nuclear family is all about. You must destroy the status quo. And as Marx said, you may have a period of despotism and violence, but after that, things should become grand. I'll be right back. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877 381 
3811. What was, say, a little over a half a century ago, one of the most prosperous cities in America? Do you know, Mr. Producer? Detroit, Michigan. You know, for decades, Detroit, Michigan was the industrial heart of America. Obviously, the automobile industry and other industries related to that. And Detroit had a fairly substantial middle class, black and white. And it was a a vibrant city. Then the Democrats, with their new ideology, took it over. Detroit is a city that's ridden with crime, very high taxes, red tape, and corruption. High taxes, red tape, and corruption. And so Detroit depopulated of both whites and blacks faster than any city in the Midwest by far. By far. And this is what's happening to virtually every major city in America now. Crime, high taxes, red tape, and corruption. Now, some people are just too poor and they can't get the hell out of these places. And they suffer. Even though the cities are run by Democrats and Democrat city councils, The feds will come in, the state will come in, they'll throw tons of money into the city. But when you have high crime, high taxes, red tape, and corruption, it makes no effective difference. These blue states are depopulating, and now you're going to see these cities more and more depopulate. And the more they depopulate, the more dangerous, the more corrupt the higher the taxes, the more unlivable they become. Because it's the people who can afford to leave who are going to leave. It's a vicious cycle. This is one of the reasons at the national level the Democrat Party is trying to destroy state and local diversity. I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about policies. This is when they want to nationalize everything and centralize everything. So mobility won't matter. So Florida will become the new Illinois. So Tennessee will become the new New York. So Texas will become the new California. This is why they attack state legislatures. This is why they attack federalism. This is why they demand the centralization of power. This is why they grab as much federal power as they can to impose their will on the states and localities. And this, again, is the nature of this so-called progressivism, a.k.a. American Marxism. So here are the four main elements that destroy any community. Crime, high taxes, red tape, and corruption. And that defines virtually every major city That's run by Democrats. That's run by Democrats. 
And so you're going to see more and more and more of this. Where more and more cities become Detroit. And I don't say this to put down people who live in Detroit. I feel bad for people who live in Detroit because the the ruling class in Detroit is corrupt for the most part. It's self-serving and self-aggrandizing. The people suffer. The people suffer. So businesses have left just as they're going to leave New York. By that I mean New York City in particular. They're already leaving Philadelphia. Minneapolis is a disaster. used to be a really fine, sort of small to mid-sized city. Chicago's a disaster. L.A.'s a disaster. San Francisco's a disaster. There's a lot of disasters out there. And the same thing happens over and over and over and over again. And the Democrat Party in these cities, it's like the mob. It's one party rule. And they make sure it's one party rule. All the way down to the street level with their precinct workers. Their precinct captains. Their ward leaders. They run it like the mob. Except the mob has more heart. More compassion. At least I think so. Jamie Raskin, as you know, is a Marxist in my view. His father certainly was. Used to teach constitutional law. I assume it was the old Soviet constitution, but no, American constitution. He's on this January 6th committee. He... uh, He actually was a Democrat who stood up, a House member, and objected to the presidency of George W. Bush. But now he's out there lecturing about the very process that he embraced and trying to change it in order to ensure that Democrats prevail. He's a slimeball, to put it simply. And he's on MSLSD yesterday, too. Here's what he says in part. Cut 13, go. We're going to talk about the continuing clear and present danger posed by the political forces unleashed by Donald Trump against us. The domestic violent extremist groups, the social media, which has been used as an instrument for promoting this kind of insurrectionism against the government of the United States. So he's got all the language down, and that's what Marxists do. And they will push it, and they will insist that people regurgitate it, and the media will. You have people like Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. That's her job. Margaret Brennan, is that her name? Over at uh, CBS, that's what she does. Then you have all their little sycophants, Democrats all, Chuck Todd, George Stephanopoulos, and their ilk. Jake Tapper. And he goes on. Cut 14, go. What was remarkable, which the uh, chair of our committee, Benny Thompson, has confirmed, is that she is saying that she still believes that Donald this Trump is, This won. is Ginny Tom- Thomas, Clarence Thomas's wife. Go ahead. And that Joe Biden's victory is based on fraud. That's a remarkable thing for anybody to say, much less someone who's married to a Supreme Court justice who theoretically uh, bases their whole work on the rule of law. We oh, really? More- is that is that true in every case? I mean, we did have Hugo Black, 
who was appointed in 1937, the first appointee of FDR. You should know this, Jamie the Red Raskin. Your father certainly knew it. Did Hugo Black, at the time of his appointment, believe in the rule of law? He was a senator from Alabama, but before that, it was the lawyer for the Klan in Alabama. And even his son would write that he hated the Catholics. What do we know about his wife? Nothing, because we got to destroy Clarence Thomas and his family, you see. The rule of law. Right. He must have missed some of his, uh, some learning in law school. And there he is teaching the Constitution. I guess he never heard of the Dred Scott decision, the Plessy decision, the Korematsu decision. All racist decisions. Upholding Democrat policy. You know, his party. Go ahead. 60 federal and state courts that have rejected every single claim of electoral fraud and corruption. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. In fact, the Supreme Court's taking up a matter it should have taken up and would have if John Roberts had been William Rehnquist. And why do you guys keep lying about this? There are two major constitutional cases out of Pennsylvania. The Supreme Court of the United States chose not to take them up. That doesn't mean they were lost. And one case is being taken up now in a different form out of the state of North Carolina. And, of course, they're trashing the Supreme Court. They're warning the court, you better not rule and say what the Constitution says. This is why slimeballs like Jamie the Red Raskin will never come on this show. Would you invite him on, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Three. And these people have nothing to cite against it other than a feeling they have from Fox News or some other media outlet that there was fraud. But the courts have looked at it. This is how we deal with uh, claims of electoral fraud or corruption in the United States of America. The courts have looked at what? The courts have looked at it. The courts have looked at what? Let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. We know what the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania did corruptly. And they're not alone. But what does he mean the courts have looked at it? And why did he object to George W. Bush's election? What fraud did he find? Where's the evidence of widespread fraud that would have changed the results of that election? Seems to me he's the threat. He's the danger. He's the screwball. And isn't it interesting that they never discuss all the Democrat lawyers that went into these states and changed the election laws in violation of the Constitution? Oh, that's the that's the independent state legislature theory. No, that's what it says in the Constitution. No, it's your theory. And now you want to cut out the state courts from the process. You see how it works? See how it works? Jamie Raskin. Jamie the Red Raskin. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, 
Switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com. Enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. First, I just wanted to check in and see how, how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about uh, kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. That's John Fetterman, who's doing fantastic. Can I hear that again, Mr. Producer? First, I just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about uh, kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. Nobody knows what he meant. Now, how many more? public figures can we stand like this we got joe biden we've got kamala harris now we got fetterman to some extent mitch mcconnell if you ask me how much more of this really pennsylvania it's a state of common sense people common sense people are you serious when he's coherent, he's a radical leftist. Now they're spending a fortune pretending he's not a radical leftist. He's not against criminals. No, Andrea Mitchell tells us he's not against criminals. Excuse me. He's not for criminals, right? But he is for criminals. He's for criminals. And if you like criminality, then you vote for a guy like this. If you like Increases in rape and murder. If you like what's going on in major cities like Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a disaster. And it really upsets me because that's my hometown. The city of brotherly love. That used to be the name. Remember that sign love there at City Hall? I used to go in City Hall. I used to go to Market Street. I went to school at Temple University on Broad Street. It wasn't really safe there, but now it's disastrous. Even South Street, even, even parts of South Philly, I mean, it's a disaster. Northeast Philly. So if you like crime, vote Democrat. If you want more and more criminals out on the street, vote Democrat. Ask your district attorney, that nut job. Totally out of control. And the number one job of government is what? To protect the people. Well, they're not doing it in Philly. There's more murders in Philly than there are in New York or L.A. It's unbelievable. And it's a city that's population-wise much smaller than either of those cities. Unbelievable. Philadelphia has become the Chicago of the East Coast, may I say. Another city run by a moron. I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic, and it's not about kicking balls in the authority or anything. And I'm going, what is he talking about? He doesn't know. So, of course, Schumer wants this guy elected. Vote yes, John. Vote no, John. Do as I tell you, John, and that's what you're going to get with a schmo like this. 
In about 30 minutes, we're scheduled to have Stephen A. Smith on the program. He's, he's an old buddy, and uh, we appreciate him very much. What am I talking about with Andrea Mitchell? She had Mandela Barnes on. Mandela Barnes is a radical, radical, hardcore Marxist, pro-criminal leftist running for the Senate against our man Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. Listen to this. Cut 17, go. Senator Johnson, though, has been hammering you on crime, saying that you support defunding the police, which you don't, and that you're too progressive. What's your response? Well, I'll tell you, Ron Johnson's going to make up whatever lies he wants to distract okay, so forget you. about Mandela there. Did you hear that question? Andrea Mitchell should be wearing a mask full-time, don't you think, Mr. Producer? No, 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 don't go there. She should be wearing a mask full-time. So we don't have to hear what she has to say. She's a hack and a fraud. She's a Democrat Party apparatchik. That's it. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello. 877-381-3811. This issue keeps lingering, and I'm very concerned it will be at the forefront after this midterm election. And its latest iteration is here at the Just the News. Biden tapping tax dollars to boost Democrat registration turnout for a House GOP voting watchdog. Hmm. With midterm elections just around the corner, congressional Republicans and election watchdogs are sounding alarms that the Biden administration and left-leaning nonprofits may be tapping taxpayer dollars and tax-exempt funds, respectively, to boost voter registration and turnout among Democratic constituencies under the guise of protecting democracy. You won't read this in the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost, and you won't hear this from Jamie the Red Raskin. In March 2021, as we've discussed, Biden issued an executive order entitled Promoting Access to Voting, which instructed federal agencies to develop proposals to expand opportunities to register to vote and participate in the political process 
then submit their strategic plans to the White House Domestic Policy Council. Congressional Republicans have written letters to 12 federal agencies and both Office of Management and Budget Director Shalanda Young and Domestic Policy Council Director Susan Rice, raising concerns about the order. Federal agencies should be focused on serving the American people by fulfilling their respective missions, not engaging in the Biden administration's political activities, wrote nine GOP House Committee ranking members in a statement after sending the letters to the 12 federal agencies. At a time when our nation is facing many crises, we want to ensure that President Biden is not diverting resources away from important programs that fall directly under our congressional oversight, they said. One of the questions raised by Republicans is how the departments will ensure that federal employees won't violate the Hatch Act. In implementing his executive order, that law prohibits covered federal employees from using their official titles or positions while participating in political activity, which is defined as activity directed at the success or failure of a political party, partisan political group, or candidate for partisan political office. Biden is revving up his re-election campaign with federal agencies, warns Phil Klein, the director of election watchdog organization, the Amistad Project. The effort is funded with Biden bucks, said Klein, Klein, alluding to Zuckerbucks, the approximately $400 million from Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, widely alleged to have been funneled through left-leaning nonprofits to turn out the Democratic vote in the 2020 presidential election. And if the Democrats do this, the Republicans must act immediately to impeach Biden and the Attorney General of the United States. Immediately. Because something's going on, because they won't respond to FOIA litigation, asking for copies of these documents that were sent to Susan Rice, among others. The Center for Tech and Civic Life, which received the bulk of the $400 million in donations from Zuckerberg, has previously said that the funds were spent in an effort to make voting safer amid the pandemic without any political preference. While Biden bucks are funding efforts similar to those funded privately in 2020 in the name of pandemic safety, the president is using taxpayer money under the pretext of Democratic participation, according to Klein. If the intent behind the executive order is to target a voter profile that benefits one political party at the expense of another, it violates a range of laws, Klein explained. The administration, however, is trying to disguise its intent. The challenge, he acknowledged, is proving intent. The 2020 election yielded enough evidence to prove intent, Klein said, as sophisticated technology was used in certain areas to find Democratic voters to help turn them out while ignoring Republican profiles. Election laws specify what is prohibited, but not what the remedy should be when they're violated. And they go through some of the states. Biden's executive order regarding voter registration is nearly identical to a federal election takeover plan crafted by the radical left-leaning group known as DEMOS, D-E-M-O-S. Republicans pointed out in a letter to Young earlier this year. DEMOS is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization. And under IRS rules governing such organizations, voter education or registration activities 
with evidence of bias that would favor one candidate or another, oppose a candidate in some manner, or have the effect of favoring a candidate or group of candidates will constitute prohibited participation or intervention. Mm -hmm. Such tax-exempt organizations are specifically allowed to engage in voter registration campaigns, said J. Christian Adams. However, he said, if leftist organizations admit that they are specifically targeting their efforts on behalf of certain candidates, contrary to the federal tax code, that could jeopardize their tax-exempt status. I don't think they care. I think these are kamikaze Democrats that will do whatever they have to. The Biden administration is weaponizing institutions, says Klein. And again, I want to add, ladies and gentlemen, that not one of these cabinet departments has provided real substantive information about the plans that they sent to the White House. When you're talking about the Domestic Policy Council, or you're talking about the, um, uh, any other agency that, uh, that coordinates for the other cabinet departments, you're talking about the White House. So the White House is involved in this up to its eyeballs. Susan Wright is involved, uh, excuse me, Susan Rice is involved up to her eyeballs. And the fact of the matter is they will not release these reports. They're clearly public. They're clearly required to release them, but they won't release them. So there's a cover-up going on because they're up to no damn good. And then they, you see, the way they position this is they always put them si- themselves on the side of the law. No court would overturn this. Can you prove fraud? No. They institutionally alter the voting system by strategic targeted litigation in 2020 and before. They're institutionally making efforts under the radar, in the shadows, to change or affect the voting system with our tax dollars now. Zuckerberg, under the radar, $417 million dollars, as Molly Hemingway has pointed out, were given to Democrat groups in Democrat precincts to promote democracy, don't you know? And it is January 6th, you see, where there is an insurrection. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the insurrection by the Democrat Party, by their governors, by their courts, by their president, by their departments. And this is how it works. They have the government behind them. We don't. We don't. They're destroying our election system. They are spending a fortune on elections, scheming around the protections and the laws and the barriers that are in place. And we still don't know what it is that each department has proposed to do to spread democracy. This is so appalling. And other than certain conservative media sites, it is just shocking that the media itself, the corrupt media, will do nothing. I'll be right back. Lovin.
It's a pleasure to have our buddy Stephen A. Smith on. How are you, sir? My brother. What's going on, man? How you doing? Well, now you're on a real broadcast platform, not silly TV <laughs> and other radio. We have a real audience here, you know. <laughs> I understand. I understand. How are you, man? How's everything? I'm doing great. You're doing great. Uh, I see yeah. you're getting into a wider world, bigger than sports. Is that true? Yeah, it is. Um, I started my uh, new podcast last week. Um, it's called No Mercy, K-N-O-W, not N-O, but K-N-O-W. It's No Mercy. The podcast is going to be on three days a week. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it'll be posted. Um, it's news. It's pop culture and entertainment. It is politics, sir. It's anything uh, and everything that extends beyond the, the borders of sports. I'll still be doing my sports commentary from time to time. Uh, but obviously, as you well know, I've long had a desire to extend beyond the parameters of the sports world to talk about real issues and real issues that are affecting the lives of everyday American citizens and beyond. You and I have talked about that on many, many occasions, off the air as well as on. And now I have the opportunity uh, to do it now. I own and operate my own podcast in conjunction with Cadence 13. They distribute it, but it's owned by me. I'm in 100% control of content. Um, it is not affiliated with Walt Disney or ESPN in any way. And so this is mine. This is what I've been waiting for for quite a long time. My first guest last week was LL Cool J. Uh, then I had then I had a CNN commentator, Reva Martin. Then I had Snoop Dogg. And this today I had Dana White of the mm. UFC. Love if that you guy. go to my podcast now, I interviewed him. Uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, I'll be interviewing Chris Cuomo. And Friday, I'll be interviewing Sean Hannity. You mean Sean's working and, on Friday? Uh, What's that all about? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, 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 he's he's coming on my podcast. Oh. Just like just like just like someday soon you'll be on my <laughs> podcast. I'm getting Love everybody. To. I'm getting everybody. Let me ask you, uh, Mr. Producer, put down where people can find the podcast. All right. Put that on all the social sites. You know, over the years, Stephen A. Smith, what I've noticed about you, you're a very independent thinker. You know, some Democrats think you're too moderate or conservative. Some conservatives think yep. you're too. You just call them as you see them, don't you? Yeah, I do. And not, not only that, I, I don't pretend, you know, to know to know everything. I'm certainly not a political aficionado like yourself. What I want to do and what I've always aspired to do is listen and learn. Um, here's what I think I know based on what I'm seeing, reading, hearing, tell me I'm wrong. And then what I do is I listen to folks uh, whose knowledge is undeniable um, and whose soul I trust is going to be committed to giving me their truth. And whether I agree with it or not, I always walk away learning something. I often joke so many, many times, you know, where people are, you know, especially folks in the black community, how the hell could you, you get along with Sean Hannity and, and Mark Levin? And I said, A, they know what the hell they're talking about. And B, they mean what the hell they say and their soul is in the right place. Now, you may not agree with them. Hell, I don't agree with y'all from time to time. But I'll be damned if that's going to stop me from listening, and I'll be damned if it's going to make me feel like some negative thought about you as a man and as a as a character individual. 
I don't play that game because as a black man growing up in the United States of America, although obviously I'm sensitive to and agree with some Democratic policies, at the end of the day, I get tired of folks race baiting all the time and constantly bringing up that divide to justify why we should vote for them instead of the other side. No, damn it. Tell me what you're offering this country. Let me hear what the other side is offering, and I will make my decision, as opposed to you trying to, you know, demonize somebody else to get me scared to vote for them. I do not play that game. I never have, and I never will. This is why I love you. And then same with sports, except for the Dallas Cowboys. You call them as you see them. And look, I'm an Eagles guy. As you know, I'm a Philly guy. So it doesn't matter to me. Uh, but you're like right. persona non well, grata in Dallas. You, 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 well, that's actually not true. I was just hanging out with Jerry Jones on his private ah. helicopter. I mean, Jerry that's Jones cool. and I get along just great. I've been invited to the yacht <laughs> the whole bit. I, jo- I joke around with him all the time. It's not, it's not his team. It's them damn Dallas Cowboys fans. They get on my last nerves. If they, they can go 1-15, Mark, end the season on January 5th at 7 o'clock with a 1-15 season, and by 7-15, 7-30, they're saying, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, right? Mm-hmm. They just get on my nerves. They get on my nerves. That's all. How about our Philly fans? Well, I love the Philadelphia Eagles fans. <laughs> That's just me. Um, I can tell you right now, I think they're the best team in the National Football Conference. They're NFC, good. And I, th- and I think they're pretty damn good. I think Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. And I think they got a shot to win it all. I really do. Boy, that quarterback's really stepped up, hasn't he? he? He's special. I mean, he has stepped up his game. He really worked on his game in the offseason. Um, he's gotten considerably better, and I think that he's a viable MVP candidate right now, especially since Lamar Jackson just lost his game this past Sunday to the Buffalo Bills, and Buffalo had lost the day before, the week before to Miami. I definitely mm-hmm. think that Jalen Hurts has an opportunity to catch league MVP honors. Now, you're still going to be have your ESPN morning show, no? Without question. Without question. I'm never going to leave sports unless they want me to leave sports. They know that I've always aspired to do more than just that. That doesn't mean I need to leave above just on many occasions, some that you liked and some situations that you didn't. You know, sports has ventured into other territories, other areas. And even though I've had my opinions, I'm very, I, you know, I guard the industry per se against mm-hmm. thinking it's okay to castigate folks just because they think differently than me or other people. I just think that's weak. You know, state your position, state why, have it supported by facts, and then listen to somebody else's debate it, and then walk away shaking hands and understanding that we all got to come together in some capacity. There's no reason to be disagreeable just because you disagree. It happens. Mm-hmm. You're very compelling. You know, that's really the only show I watch on ESPN. Seriously, other than if there's UFC or something like that. You're very compelling. I like this mad dog guy. I know everybody knows who he is. I didn't know who he was. He's right. He he compliments you. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, listen, he's just so you know, he's been a staunch Republican for years. He's in his 60s. He's he's in his 60s. um, And he started. Sports Talk Radio. It was him. It was Mike and the Mad Dog. Mike Francesa and him. Oh, well, I know them. Okay, is that who it is? Well, that's who it is. And so he had been on radio all of these years, and a lot of people never saw his face. And when I brought it, it it's crazy. I brought him the first take, 
and you had analysts and stuff like, who is he? I said, how old are you? And they were like 37, 38 <laughs> years old. I said, he's going on his 39th year in sports talk radio. You're talking about having your own show. This man has his own channel. He's been yeah. around forever. He's big time. Respect that man. And I do. Yeah, those two mics are great. And they really are. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. I know you're in demand. Can you hold on? And we'll do another sure, segment after the you. bottom of the hour. I'm here. I'm here. All right. I'm here. We've got the great Stephen A. No Mercy. K-N-O-W. No Mercy. That's the podcast, Mr. Producer. He's going to make it easy for you to get there on all my social sites. We'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Stephen A. Smith is stepping out. He's got his uh, new podcast. It sounds absolutely fascinating. No Mercy, K-N-O-W, No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. I've got an easy link on my Twitter site and all the other social platform. All right, let me ask you something, Stephen A. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Inflation. What's your take on inflation? Why do we have inflation? Well, I think that you listen, you can't just print money, okay? You can't just print money and think that, you know, you can do all of that spending without budgeting and it's not going to come back to bite you. Um, Mm -hmm. Certainly, we have individuals in this nation that need our help. And the poor, the desolate, the disenfranchised is something that society should always be sensitive to. Um, and we should always do what we can to help those in need, particularly if they're American citizens. But at the end of the day, you've got to be responsible because here's the bottom line. We can slice it any way we want to. But we should all know nothing's free. Absolutely, positively, nothing is free. You are going to pay one way or another. And anybody that gives you the impression that is free is lying to you. They're coming back for something in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I always knew that. I've always recognized that. Um, you know, when you talk about, for example, you know, the student loans and how Biden gave this money to absolve folks of the money that they owed. Well, on one hand, I'm supportive of helping folks in that regard. On the other hand, I did ask myself, well, how are we going to pay for it? 
Did you tell us? Did you tell us that? How's it going to be paid for? Answer me that. Riddle me that. And when you look at gas prices, the prices of groceries, the list goes on and on. It's coming back to bite us because the dollar has been devalued. And when that happens, to act like it doesn't affect you, obviously that's nonsense. It affects all of us. And so when you see people complaining and they're going off on one hand, you understand that we need to look out for those that are less privileged than many of us. On the other hand, it's not free. And if it's going to cost us and you're not telling us how, and you're continuing to raise taxes and take money out of our own pockets, you're ultimately hurting all of us. And the people who have the most, you keep talking about how you're going to close these loopholes to get after them. Well, I'm sorry. I find that very, very difficult to believe that you're going to be able to do that without pinching the middle class and lower income individuals who don't have access to the means that could enable them to exercise or exploit those loopholes. And to think otherwise, again, I just think it's foolish. And I think it's an absence of common sense when people think that that it's going to go down that way because history has told us otherwise, which is why I'm a proud capitalist and I'm unapologetic about it and why I'm not down for socialism. I never have been and I never will be. Wow. That was one of the... That was one of the best explanations I ever heard. How about you, Mr. Producer? That was good. This this is going to be a good show. There's no mercy. I think it's it's going to be good. Let me let me let me inform your 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 listeners of something. You're not going to always agree with me. We know not going to always be right, and I'm not and I'm not going to always be right. And what they need to know about me is that I'm going to listen to people who do know. There's people that think that think completely opposite of Mark Levin that I'm going to listen to, but I'm also going to listen to Mark Levin. And guess what? If Mark Levin tells me I'm wrong, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm not going to be offended by it. I'm going to go do my research and say, okay, does he have a point? Because if I'm wrong, I'm going to say I'm wrong. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to recognizing that it's okay to concede that somebody else may know more than you do. And that's what I want people to know. And I'm not going to be one of these guys. I'm an African-American and I'm hosting a show and I'm not trying to excoriate anybody else or saying they won't do it either. But I'm talking about me. I'm going to listen to everybody. I'll talk to Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, just like I'll talk to folks on the left that I know intimately and personally Mm -hmm. whose views to some degree I agree with. I'm going to give everybody a chance to talk and have a conversation and know that they're not talking to somebody that's going to be looking to stab them in the back just to appease other people. I don't give a Mm -hmm. damn about all of that. I've noticed uh, on ESPN, that's that's what you do. That is, you're uh, you're careful about that. And um, yes. If you disagree with somebody, regardless of race or anything else, you call them out. You get into some of these battles, but you yes, you stick with your principles, right? Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? And, and sometimes they're right. And I'm the one that's wrong. It's rare. It's very rare. But sometimes mm-hmm. they got me. Sometimes they make very valid points that are better than mine. And I concede it. But more importantly, I surround myself with decent individuals that I know care, that genuinely feel what it is that they say. So if I disagree with them, I'm arguing with their point, but it doesn't change my feelings or my opinions about who they are and what they mean to me. And that's the point. Stephen A. Smith, he's got a big brand new podcast called No Mercy, K-N-O-W, Mercy. Uh, We have uh, put the link up 
on Mark Levin Show Twitter and all the rest of the platforms as well. And I uh, hope we can have you back. And Anytime. I look forward to talking to you, man. Anytime. And because I'm tackling all of these issues, I don't have to guard myself against making appearances like I've had to on so many occasions in the past for obvious reasons, which you and I both know, because I was primarily restricted to sports. That's not the case anymore. So I'll be around if you need me. So you can come on my TV show, you're trying to say? Oh, yes, I can. You know, it's the number one show on the weekend, right? I'm not surprised. I know I watch. I, I know I watch Life, Liberty, and Levin or whatever I can. But seriously, it is again, again. Sometimes I disagree with you, and I still that's watch. all right. But that's what makes yeah, it interesting. That's what all makes right, it man. interesting. Exactly. Well, God Thank bless you. you. So Take much, care man. of yourself. All right. God bless. Take care. I'll talk to you. you. You too. He is a fantastic human being. Just so you know. Just so you know, you may not always agree with. Look, you don't always agree with me, right? I seem to have a minority position on Ukraine, but that's my position. That's what I believe in, and that's where I stand. And I've thought it through, and that's what I believe. I don't know why it's the minority position, particularly among conservatives. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not. But it is what it is. And that's what you want to hear. It's what I want to hear, too. People who are serious. He's a good man. What am I doing here, Mr. Producer? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur begins tomorrow, sundown. It is the holiest day in Judaism. It occurs each year. The 10th of Tishrei, we say, the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. And it's largely the, um, the Day of Atonement and Repentance. And observers uh, fast uh, during, uh, during the holiday. So those of you who celebrate Yom Kippur... In the Jewish faith or otherwise, we say to one another, we wish you an easy fast. And um, those of you who don't, well, I thought you might find that interesting nonetheless. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Yes. The great KNST Tucson, Arizona, Matt, how are you, sir? Mark, thanks for having me. You bet. Listen, you were just talking about these big cities that are gone blue and kind of gone to hell. Um, yes. I'd just love to hear somebody for once say something about Phoenix, which is a large city that still embraces conservatism and is doing great. Well, it's a Democrat mayor there, as I recall. Um, yeah, but it's still a, we're still kind of a red state. It's a a better city than most. There's no question about that. No question about that. Yeah, they're definitely doing better than most. Mm -hmm. Now, let's see if you guys uh, elect a Republican to the Senate. I sure hope so. All right, Maricopa County. That's the tail that wags the dog. We'll find out. All right. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Eduardo. Oakland, California, the great KSFO. Eduardo, how are you, sir? 
Good, sir. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Um, I want to play the concentration radio, so I'm going to be very talking if I can. Um, I'm a Venezuelan, first generation, mm-hmm. so that means that I'm an Hispanic. Now, yes, sir. Democrats have no idea who we are as people. They have no clue. They think that all these policies, they put us in one package all together. There are many different Latin American countries. They are different yes. from one another. That's the start. Second of all, they don't understand that much our structure as a family. Here in the U.S., a nuclear family is father, mother, and children. Sisters mm-hmm. and brothers. In our countries, father, mother, sister, brothers. Grandpas, grandmas, aunts, mm-hmm. uncles, nieces, nieces. This means that we have a different broad of uh, appreciation of life in a different context. I'm not saying what is better mm-hmm. or, or, or worse. I'm just saying we're different. So when they try to imply and try to force on us views that go against our own culture, that is why people are living in estampede, the Democratic Party. They don't mm-hmm. get it. They don't understand it. First of all, Catholicism, 99% of the Latin American people are Catholics. Abortion mm-hmm. and gay marriage is condemned by the Catholic Church. That's the start. That's the start. So that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that people are going to be very agreeable with your policies. Second of all, when they talk about illegal immigration, I'm going to tell you something as a Venezuelan. We have talked to many friends here. We're first generation. We're very ashamed of what happened recently because we are not people who break the law. We come legally. We do our line. We wait in time. And then we go into the system. We never done that thing before. I don't know where these people are coming from, but that's not characterized of the Venezuelan people. So when it comes to illegal immigration and taxation, paying a school debt, you know how many of my friends want to have been or my, going to, to college for a, you know, to get a better job or something, and they couldn't because they have to work three jobs. And then there's people who do it, and then you have to pay with your taxes. That doesn't get it either. So people are definitely not getting this vision of who we are as people. Again, that level of Latinx, that sounds like, you know, like some uh, sort of a company who exterminate pets, something like that, like well, roaches or something. Like Terminus, I'm not making yes. This song. Yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't use, I didn't want to do any commercial to anyone, but yeah, something like that. So we don't work like that. So they don't understand who we are as people. Whatever they're proposing, when they come, the only thing they have is abortion and a fear of, repo- of, of a Republican. Well, let me tell you something. I'm in Oakland, California, and in San Francisco as well. All my Hispanic friends, who were, if they ever were Democrats, they are all pro-Republicans. And actually, you know why? Because of Donald Trump, believe it or not. It was Trump who moved us over there. Because we saw respect for the law, a strong country, less taxation, the values of family. It's extremely important for us. Transing the kids, critical race theory, doesn't go well with, with any Hispanic. Believe me, those, I don't know if I'm giving too many tips for them to change their policy. Eduardo, let me say this. Policy. I got to go. You are terrific. You got to call back. Will you call back next week? If you want me, I will. Yeah, you call back earlier in the show. I loved listening to you, Eduardo. Terrific. And hear what he said? Democrats, they're switching the Republican. They switch because of Donald Trump. You will never hear that on any TV show. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our all our heroes out there, the people of Florida and South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia, Georgia, and elsewhere. We're rooting for you. We're praying for you. See you tomorrow. 